0: Hello, and thank you for listening to KEPW 97.3 LPFM, Eugene Homegrown Radio. My name is Catherine, and this is Friendly Anarchism. So because of some scheduling restraints, this is a pre-recorded episode, (coughs) so we won't be able to write in live, uh, but it's going to be great anyway. And so here with me right now, I have Lonnie. What's your last name? Douglas. Lonnie Douglas. Okay. So Lonnie... You want to talk just a little bit about who you are? I have you on the show because you have a little bit of a different perspective than a lot of the activists I work with and a lot of people in the community who are working on, or at least the people that I know in the community. So who are you?
1: So I am the chair for the Eugene Springfield Solidarity Network. Um, I've been doing that for the last two years after I retired from the United States Coast Guard, uh, 25 years in the Coast Guard. Um, I'm a right center, progressive conservative, uh, staunch, um, advocate of the second amendment, but I'm also have a lot of, uh, views and beliefs that, that, uh, that make it very easy for me to work with people who may label themselves as liberal or more on the left. I really don't think that we have that much that, uh, that we disagree on. I think we agree a lot more on things than so. But uh, yeah, so that's who I am. I'm a gun owner, a Christian, a conservative, <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, I do consider myself a progressive.
0: Um, actually, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about on the show is what it's like to be Christian in leftist and left spaces, because that's something that as a sort of newly minted follower of Christ is something that I've found to be an interesting occasionally difficult dynamic um, like for instance I have a cross but I won't wear it I, especially if I generally especially if I'm going into queer spaces because it can be actually triggering for people mm-hmm. um, so how what is your experience as sort of being a Christian have you come up with anything
1: well I noticed that it's it's interesting because um when people give Christians a hard time because they are Christian, and it happens in, in liberal circles. It, it does. There are a lot of people who have had very negative experiences with Christians or people that call themselves Christians. Um, and so that you know is how they relate to anybody who labels themselves as a Christian. But the thing to remember is as a Christian, it's not just Christians when you talk, when, 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 when people talk about, um, having a problem with, with Christianity or God, you're also, you also have a problem then with Jewish people and Muslim people and any people of faith. So it's something to remember when you are, um, if you're somebody who is an atheist or whatever, you know, it's not just Christians that, that, believe in God, but there are a lot of other religions that believe in God. And I've noticed that when I go to things, you know, I don't say a lot when people talk bad about Christians because they are lumping me in with a bunch of crazy people. And there are a lot (laughs) of crazy people out there who use Christianity. They don't, they don't practice the tenets of Christianity. They use the religion to justify beliefs that they already hold, Um, their bias, their prejudice, their fear, their anger. That's not Christianity, but then there are people who do that in the Jewish community. There are people who do that in the Muslim community.
0: It is specifically bad, though, with white evangelicals in America, especially right now and actually for a long time Mm -hmm. because of the dynamics of being in a position of power. So, like, being the oppressor and having, you know, using religion in this way has a, has like a very specific cultural context within mm-hmm. a society when you yes. are in the position of power. So, yeah. you know, so it makes sense especially for um, oppressed people's coming walking around just as a white Christian, like how do you tell the difference between someone who is a follower of Christ's word in a way that is all about social justice as opposed to somebody who is a, you know, uses christianism or like cultural christian mm-hmm. Behavior to justify this hate, you know.
1: Yeah, the only way you can tell is by their actions, by by what they say and what they actually do, and not by them saying I'm a Christian because lots that means so many different things for so many different people. As a Christian, I am. uh, Even though you know I served in the 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 military, I am staunchly against. taking of human lives. I joined the Coast Guard because I wanted to save lives. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, I, I believe that taking a human life is wrong, um, which means that I believe that abortion is wrong. But I also believe that the death penalty is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I say that, but if somebody broke into my house and tried to hurt my family, I would probably shoot them. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are a lot of contradictions that are there and, and stuff. And, you know, it's that way whether you're a person of faith or you're just a, per, a moral person or whatever. We, we, we have lots of conflicts with our own moral things, whether it comes from my religious views or just the way that you're brought up. And uh, I don't know, the, the idea that you just have to look at the person and look at the way that they, what they do in their life. Um, you know, people like to, they, they like to take and and, uh, like I say, they like to use religion and stuff to try and justify bad behavior. And if they're doing that, they're not, they're not real Christians. And if they're doing that, they're not, you know, and they're Muslim, they're not real Muslims. If they're doing that and they're Jewish, they're not real Jewish people. <laughs> I know I, I'm not you know, probably is is up on the lingo of, of the other religions and stuff. But, but you know, I mean, uh, that's really what it's all about. You have to look at people's actions.
0: And it's interesting you brought up something a little bit earlier on about being against abortion. And, like, anarchism specifically is, like, very, very rooted in feminism, and mm-hmm. feminism is very rooted in women's rights to their body and all those sorts of things. But when we're working with people with different views and some of the, you know, it's just, it's like, it's a difficult situation when you're talking about community organizing, that you come with a lot of people who have a lot of different views that other people mm-hmm. are not going to agree with, and yeah. so it's a, it's a difficult situation to um, do those interfacing, but something that happens if there is no leeway for that interfacing. Is yep. that you end up with very specific, very insular groups of people who agree on exactly everything. And even if, mm-hmm. even if I think the things they agree on are, like for me, like I, I agree with all of, and the like sort of left positions, I agree mm-hmm. with all of them, and I think they're very important. I think they're all rooted in like stopping oppression. Um, but again, as like community organizing on the larger scale, at this point when we're trying to get all hands on deck it can be really difficult so like for instance with the women's march mm-hmm. i was of the opinion that women who were anti abortion should be allowed at the women's march mm-hmm. because it's called a women's march it wasn't right. called a pro choice march now a lot of people took it to be a pro choice march right which is fine it could have but it could have been called that yeah. and they're saying like well you know women's issues are pro choice mm-hmm. issues and i agree but it also, but it also cuts yeah. out women who are Republican or who are on the right that are doing really important work about domestic violence, mm-hmm. about equal pay, about um, you know childcare rights, and so all of those things are also women's issues, mm-hmm. and it devalued the work of every one of those women who yeah. are then basically told that they're not a woman and they can't be at the women's march and they don't yeah. care about women. Even if they've devoted their lives to specific women's issues, yeah. So, you know, but how? It's just a, it's a weird, it's a really difficult situation, and that's another thing that happens. Sort of being, I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm not sure where I'm going with this. Giving
1: like, it's well, I, I, think maybe I know where you're going with it, and a good way to, to, to address it is first when, when I say that I'm, that I, I believe that abortion is wrong. I believe that abortion is wrong because I do believe it's taking a, that you're you're taking a life mm-hmm. um, and that any time that you take a life it it damages your soul in, in in a way whether you're doing it whether it's you know a soldier going to war or you know whatever. That being said, you can't legislate what a woman does with her body. You can't make abortion illegal because all you end up doing is having even more people dying. Um, The way that we end something like abortion is to end poverty, to educate our our populace, to allow um, healthcare to cover contraception, to teach our children to use contraception, all these different things. Is how you get rid of abortion. It doesn't do us any good to make laws banning abortion because we've done that before. We did it in the past. Um, abortion used to be illegal, and women would have back alley abortions, and the mother and the do- and and the child would die. Um, so the problem you get, I think, with and, and that's that's to deal with the the abortion issue. But the problem that we get is. Whether on the right or the left, we have people take an issue and they use a very specific, narrow view of that issue. I believe that abortion is wrong, but yet I don't believe you can legislate what a woman does with her body. So instead of narrowing in on the issue from the right or the left, I make it more broad and say that if we want to deal with the issue, we have to deal with the underlying issue things that that caused the problem women don't want to go out and get abortions it is i i I, am not a woman so you know obviously i'm speaking as a 46 year old white male so you know to sit there and say that i know what's going on in a woman's heart or or mind no but i genuinely do not believe that any woman wants to go out and get an abortion
0: that's
1: like a fun yeah it's not a fun thing to do i I had a friend of mine in the Coast Guard earlier in my career who was in a relationship with another friend of mine, and she got pregnant, and they were stationed together, and when the command found out that she was pregnant, they flipped. They were not happy. They would not let them speak to each other, anything my friend and she was stationed in Cues Bay with me. I had to bring her because they wouldn't even give him off for the day. I had to bring her to Eugene, drive her to Eugene, and sit with her at the 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 clinic, so she could get an abortion. And it was something that was very hard for me to do because it went. It was something that I I genuinely believe is wrong. But she was my friend. She felt she didn't have a choice. It wasn't my place to tell her whether she did or didn't, it wasn't my place to give her a hard time about it, but, you know, to support her as best I could. So I, you know, her and, and her, her boyfriend. And so we went and I have to tell you, just being a man in that waiting room was, it was not pleasant. I can't even imagine how she felt. I mean, I was watching, I watched some young girl come in and I was like, who, who, I don't know what she was there for at the time. I thought the only thing that they did at Planned Parenthood was abortions. I didn't know they did everything else. Uh-huh. I was like 22 years old. I had no idea. Um, and and now, stuff. That's,
0: which is one of the problems when people don't have the debates or talk to each other is that you don't get the information. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like
1: exactly. So yeah. no, it, it the problem we have is that we don't. We, 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 we focus in, we narrow in our view on our particular issue. On the left, you know, it's, it's a woman's right to choose, which, yes, they have a right to choose. But yet abortion is still not a good thing. So, you know, inst- instead of just saying we want them to have a right to choose, maybe those right, the, the, the pro-choice people should also be saying, and, and a lot of them do, we need contraception. We need free health care. We need to stop poverty. We need to end those things. That's how, that's how we defeat the, 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 the issue of abortion. And then on the left, they need to quit just, you know, if the only thing they're willing to do is stand outside of a clinic and hold a sign and, and yell at people, then, you know, or on the right, to stand outside of a clinic and yell at people, then they're not doing anything effective either. And then they're also, as Christians... They're laying their judgments down upon another person, which is a sin, and they will, when they stand before, I truly believe, when they stand before God, that sin is going to it's going to be taken into account. So
0: And um, I feel like this conversation could have been cut off as soon as you said you're against abortion, and then we never would have gotten into yeah. the meat of what you have these things, of these sort of like mm-hmm. how you feel about contraceptives, how you feel about government intervention yeah. and all, in people's choices and all of those things. And that's something I see happen,
1: yeah. is
0: that you hit you hit a rough spot, the conversation ends, yep. and you never get to the points where people actually have agreements mm-hmm. and like moving forward and stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? Because if we um, – one of the things I've noticed – that as an anarchist talking to you as like a Republican type is the anti the sort of libertarian values is sort of like mm-hmm. um, anti-government not anti-government so much as just like anti-government intervention in people's like particular choices yeah and the sort of not, not even just necessarily that, but the ineffectiveness in the end mm-hmm. of government. You know, so one of the things I've seen, and then anarchists have been saying, is like as long as you're working within any sort of hierarchical system that has an authoritarian bent to it, you know, putting all your, pow- you know, putting all the giving all the power away to people above you on the top, it's necess- It's going to pretty much devolve into authoritarianism because that is how the mm-hmm. system is incentivized to go, which is what we see happening. Right now, so like um, I feel like there's some really good overlap between sort of the radical left and sort of the um, the right. That's not the insane right, mm-hmm. which is like an interesting. Um, it's just an interesting place. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about the redneck revolt a little bit?
1: Oh yeah. So I um, have recently didn't did, in, did a, a vetting interview. To start up a redneck revolt chapter in Springfield, I don't. Uh, I'm waiting for them. They have to vote and decide whether uh, whether uh, I'm, I guess, redneckish enough for them. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, but they need to uh, to uh, vote on it to to see that we can go ahead and start the chapter up. Um, I was actually turned on to the website or told about the website by uh, a friend of mine who is uh, one of the local communists. Um, and he's like, hey, you got to check this out. And to be honest, I was, I was uh, impressed by the fact that they talked about uh, working class issues and how the, the issues of the work, average working men and women of America – um, go beyond race and how it talks about how really the powers that be the corporations uh, the wealthy elites these, these uh, and, the, and the corrupt politicians that own them or uh, are, are owned by them want to keep us divided by race want to keep us divided by religion because as long as we're fighting with each other they can continue to exploit us we are constantly I have family members and friends who are like who who hate liberals because they're un-American and they hate America. But how is it somebody who uh you know they don't hate America? Just like conservatives, a lot of them don't hate America. They just don't agree on things. But if they can keep us at each other's throats, then our wages keep going down our protections keep going down they keep building their their system to to keep the the boot heel on uh, on all of our necks and what i like about the redneck revolt is it addresses that issue whereas you have the patriot movement which i think may have started out as a good idea you know kind of pushing back against government overreach but it's become more and more about racist, racism and, and race, and you know anti-Muslim thing, you know sentiments and things like that. I mean, you go to their go to their Facebook pages and look at them. You know, there's not a lot of stuff about the government on there. Most of it's about you know black people or Muslim people. So it's like that entire movement has been co opted by racists, and those racists don't realize that because that comes from, you know racism comes from a place of anger and fear and all they're doing is strengthening the system that was created by the corporations and the wealthy elites that has been there throughout history mm-hmm. and the redneck revolt tries to counter that by saying hey it doesn't matter if you're black a, a black or muslim or you know a freaking Slightly overweight, 46 year old white male. Um, <laughs> you know, we're all workers and we all have the same thing in common, and that is the fact that we're all being s- screwed? screwed over. I didn't I know if I could say can that on the radio. I actually. I think, by, I think you can. I don't think that's obscene. By the, the wealthy, you know, elites of this, this, this country that have absolutely nothing in common with us. They can't even relate to us on. human level Mm -hmm. you know
0: yeah so um for those that don't know redneck revolt is a group of i think mostly anarchist types right
1: well they don't you know they didn't say anything in there about anarchists on their website i mean they they talk a lot about the early labor movement and i did notice there is a little bit of a socialist maybe anarchist bent on some of their stuff on the website. but I didn't quite get that from their, the the literature and stuff, and there there may be. But um, what I got from it, and, and if we start a chapter up here, what it really will be about is engaging uh, white working class um, Americans in Springfield and Eugene in Lane County uh, in a way that that you know empowers them to stand with all of our worker brothers and sisters, all of the working class Mm -hmm. people, regardless of their race or their religion or their gender.
0: And maybe you start having that conversation about the fact that the whole system that's, like, messing up everybody's lives is, in fact, rooted in racism. Yes. You know, like, all of that wealth and power that's conglomerated at the top started with slaves. Yes. You know, and as long as... And so that, you know, and so, like that is a different narrative than a lot of white working class people get.
1: Yeah. Racism is, is a tool that was created by the, 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 the wealthy elites that, the, that have been around for centuries. I mean, you know, it, and it's all about keeping us divided. You know, keeping us... If, if, if you can think that somehow you're better than another person... Um, that's in the same economic class as you, then you're more willing to accept them being mistreated, and if they're mistreated and they see you accepting that, then they're going to be angry at you, and that makes us all just fight with each other, yeah. and we'll never be able to we'll, we'll never be able to get where we need to go.
0: And kind of like if you accept somebody basically in your same situation. Being mistreated, it means you accept the system that mistreats people in that class. Yeah. So.
1: And we've been you working. You can't do that. Yeah, and we've been working. So we've been working since the early, the late 1800s, early 1900s. The uh, the the labor movement, um, you know, really kicked in, and we fought wars in this country. Battles, Battle of uh, Blair Mountain and and countless others. People bled and died and everything so that we could create a working middle class. And then that working middle class was able to buy homes. They were able to retire with dignity. They were able to send their children for the first time to college. And so then all of a sudden... At, in the, the, the 60s, 50s and 60s, you started having these young working class people go to college, right? Well, then we have the civil rights movement in the in the churches in the South and at the, in the colleges started up. That was possible because we had a working middle class. Hmm. Um, And so then we started with the civil rights movement. We started moving more toward this a country of moving toward a country of racial equality. And did we get there? No. I mean, the 70s, you know, you ask a a black man in the 80s, is America racially equal? No. You ask him in the 90s, no. You ask him now, no. But I think we were moving that way, but now we're backsliding. We're backsliding and we're heading back the way we came because we've gotten rid of the work, working middle class we've gotten rid of unions and what they're doing is they're convincing um, white working class people that the problem is black working class people or black working class people that it's white working class people and that the, all of us that it's the Muslims and they're dividing us again they've removed all the wins that we had they've started to oppress us again, take away our power and as long as, and, and, and divide us. and they've gotten very, very good at dividing us. The propaganda and all the stuff that they use would make the Nazis drool. I mean, the, the, the Nazis had this huge propaganda machine to make people in, in Germany vilify the Jews. Mm-hmm. Well, they have nothing compared to what we have now. Um, with, the, with, with cable TV and cable news and, and the internet and freaking Facebook and all those things. I yeah. mean, you know, it's we're, – we're, we're really – what we're doing is we're just we're, – we're, we're backsliding and we're giving away all of our power, all of our rights mm-hmm. and everything that made, you know, the working class – you know, great, because it was the working class people that, it was working people that built America.
0: Yeah, so like talking about the union movement, there was a lot of um, union organizing and the the movement to make unions back in the early 20th century, um, a lot of communists and anarchists and working class people and immigrants, and mm-hmm. um, all sort of working together towards the same goals of getting better labor mm-hmm. rights, and sort of a lot of what you're doing and what ESSN does is about union organizing mm-hmm. also. Yeah. So how, so you wanna talk about your union organizing work and like sort of what what that in, what that entails. I mean, I would say right now that yeah. we are in a union hall yeah. recording this because that's one of the things that unions can provide is venue and space. And like, that's that's a big deal. Yeah. Like having organizing space is a really important thing. And that's something that basically, the the most organizing that I've been doing is either in the union hall or in faith centers Faith mm-hmm. community um, churches and stuff like that yeah. Like the Wesley Center
1: union, the, 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 the unions right now There's a war being waged against labor Against the unions It's being waged by the multinational corporations And they're using um, the politicians and the media To destroy labor To destroy the unions Um, they think that their time is now to get rid of them, and it it may be. So we need to fight against that because when when we see the death of the last union, the last local, at that point, workers will have no one to have their back. Labor right now is the only real force that has the money and the manpower and the people to fight back against this. Um... It's difficult because some of the labor unions are are more corporate in the way that they're they're structured, but then there's other ones that are more boots on the ground. Uh, But what we do here on a grassroots level is we try to support our locals, our union locals, um, when they're in bargaining with either the bosses or management. Um because if they don't have community support, then then they're just gonna get weakened more and more. Um, so we try to turn out community support. Um, right now the county, uh, Lane County, the municipal workers are, to my understanding, having a bear of a time with the county because the county is notoriously horrible when it comes to bargaining. They and, and they're not half the time they're not bargaining for, more money they're bargaining for respect issues or dignity issues or or man you know uh, you know uh, they we've had them um, we've had um, locals here that have gone into bargaining that um, almost went on strike because the boss didn't want to change in the contract uh, language on how they do uh, reviews. I mean seriously but but the reason they go on strike is because they say well look you're saying here that that if i get a negative review i can be fired but yet you don't have to actually say what why i'm getting the negative review you don't have to say i you can give me a negative review, review for being late one time in in the course of a year or yeah. You know, and the, the the manager doesn't have to justify it. So if you have a manager that doesn't like you, they can just say, well, negative review, bad employee, doesn't have to back it up with anything, and, you know, and you're fired. And usually what happens is where unions have the, a lot of the fights that they have nowadays aren't about wages. They're about a lot of them are about health insurance, which everybody's getting hosed on, but a lot of them are about respect or dignity issues. A lot of them are about um, management just trying to re- take away the power of the union, You know, trying to tell them that they can't have seniority. You know, I mean, any worker who's been on the job 10, 15 years, union or non-union, do you want to have some guy who just gets hired, walk some kid, walk in from off high school and then when they decide to fire somebody you've been there 15 years your seniority don't count for anything you know that was a recent fight that uh, argument that one of our locals was having you know so we have to support our unions and we have to unionize more workers
0: it's hard because then right now i feel like union organizing was a heavily leftist or just le- on the left, just, you know, human dignity, mm-hmm. got lots of communities, huge amounts of community together back in the early 20th century to come together. But at this point, I feel like union organizing and sort of that kind of hat is further on the right. And it's not surprising that someone like you would be the person kind of working a lot of times with the union stuff. I mean, I personally have had interactions with people in unions who, it was further up, further mm-hmm. up in the unions who are like actively trying to make it worse for workers. Mm-hmm. You know, like, in, a, in ways that it's like, instead of like, you know, like directly making it worse, it's like undermining efforts mm-hmm. to have things get better. So when you're being undermined yeah. by your own, like union group, like that yeah. is this whole other level. And then there's also this problem with like, unions often are sort of the ones that are active or still around or the ones sort of based in like, in like industrial type tri- labor and mm-hmm. trade. You know, or not even just, you know, any kind of like physical labor stuff. And those unions have been, you know, especially like the construction and that kind of thing have been sort of anti environmental. Mm -hmm. And so there's a huge divide there with having community support from the left um, or sort of like broader community when there's like, there's this like really like anti environmentalism Mm -hmm. bent to the union work yeah. and to the unions so you know
1: well the first off w- when you're dealing with unions when you're dealing with individuals in the union unions are good but in any organization you're gonna have people who either who don't do their job mm-hmm. you're gonna have people who have their own personal agendas and things like that so you may get uh, an individual or you may get people that do bad things and then people will give the, the the union will get a bad rap for it. Um, Unions don't protect bad workers. If the boss is doing their job and doing progressive discipline like they're supposed to and things like that, they can't protect bad workers. It's not possible Mm -hmm. if the boss is doing their job. But if you have a rep or somebody who doesn't properly represent a worker when the boss is being bad then people are gonna say, "Well, this the union sucks." Well, it's not the union; it's that that rep, or it's that you know steward, that one person, mm-hmm. and that's why a lot of people get a bad bad ideas about about the unions that have that have been in unions. Um, but as bad as unions are, you're still way better off by not the, than the poor people who don't have a union and have no protection. Yeah and then when you're talking about conservative you know right versus left uh, you know that's sort of a that's an illusion I, I really don't believe like back in the day there were lots of anarchists and there were lots of communists that were involved in the labor movement but most of those people weren't anarchists or communists they were just workers and the idea that um, that these worker issues then and now are either more on the left side or now more on the right side, they're not. worker issues are not are not liberal and are not conservative they're just worker issues. If uh, you know putting food on the table is the is is not conservative and not liberal and when you're dealing with the environmental stuff, they've convinced. What they've done is the powers that be, the corporations and, and these people have convinced the trades that the only way they can put food on the table is to have these dirty jobs, these coal jobs, these pipelines, things like that. These people, it's not that they don't care about the environment, it's they're worried about the emergency that's right in front of them, putting food on the table and a roof over their head. And because we don't have a strong uh, green industry out there for them to shift their jobs into, they have to go for where the jobs are. And so that's where the conflict comes in. It's not that they, um, you know, I mean, some of your biggest environmentalists are going to be hunters. I don't want the environment, I'm an environmentalist because I want to go out and kill deer and I want to go out and I want to go fishing and I know my buddy Dave is probably not happy with me saying that but but um you know I like to hunt I like to fish and you know and such but uh that's where our problem comes in is that that we we accept that narrative that they've laid out for us we accept um the story that they're handing to us that labor is anti-the environment. Well, it's not necessarily anti-the environment. It's just that they're really worried that they're not going to be able to feed their families. Mm-hmm. And we have to find um, what we, all of us, who are not in the trades need to do is we need to push hard back um, our local governments and stuff to make sure that we create jobs that people in the trades could do. I would love to see them create a water pipeline from the coast to eastern Oregon so when we have droughts, we don't have to worry about not having water Mm -hmm. for the crops.
0: Yeah, ranchers have been, like, I think in southern Oregon, there's been some... um, I don't know a lot about this, so I probably shouldn't speak to it in depth, but there's definitely people who... Yeah, so like ranchers have been part of organizing environmental stuff because climate change is already affecting yep. their livelihoods, and then um, I want to say I was when as you were speaking about this, I remembered about Earth First, mm-hmm. and Judy Bari and how she changed that narrative. You know, like Earth First ha- got the with the tree spiking and stuff got a really bad rap. the The timber industry came in and just like attacked them and saying that they're terrorists and all of these things, even though it's there is it's controversial that the the moment when a timber worker got injured because they hit a spike like earth first was Mm -hmm. marking all of their trees very visibly and this tree wasn't marked and so there's there's a there's an argument there that it was intentional sabotage by the timber industry Mm -hmm. anyway that's up for debate that's not my point the point being is that after that judy berry come in and instead of being like sort of like hardcore leftists against the timber industry, what she did is she started talking to people working in the timber industry and showing them how these companies are treating them just like they're treating the environment as like just something to use and throw away mm-hmm. and something to just extract from, extract their labor just like you're extracting resources, and that the companies have no interest in their safety, have no interest in their well-being, have no interest in their families. And so she was able to organize with timber workers in uh, Northern California and all those areas, and that is what got them so far into being able to save this, um, so much of the old growth forest that they were Mm -hmm. able to save through that movement like a lot of those areas of redwoods were because judy that that we still have that were conserved yep. in that moment or because judy barry was working with timber industry people yep. like the actual workers yeah you know in a way that other other left groups were not willing to do or just didn't think about doing yeah you know
1: anytime you you take a, a hard line stance on one narrow aspect of your issue you're gonna lose and and on the environmental side, I'm an environmentalist. we're losing. We are losing. the planet is dying and we're going to continue to lose this fight until we start actually engaging with everybody and and quit um, quit using uh, you know, bad language and bad tactics. I mean the the truth of the matter is the forest uh, logging industry is a prime example. You used to be able to have really good logging jobs. You know, they paid good money, had good benefits. Those are almost all gone. Most of the mills are gone. Why? Because we export all of our timber overseas. You can't you can't not cut down trees in a modern society. We need timber. We need lumber. But we can do it in ways that are um, environmentally responsible. We can do it in ways that are sustainable. And we can do it – and if we pay people, unionize these people again and pay them decent wages so that we don't need – they don't need to work as many hours. It's less jobs. It's less trees we have to cut down. There are ways that we can go about this – where we can help the industry to thrive while protecting the environment. And there are a lot of smart people who have been saying this and have been working on this. Uh, but as long as we're not willing to engage and talk with the, the loggers and the people that work in the mills, and I'm not talking about the the bosses who own these big corporations, I'm talking about the actual uh, boots on the ground, you know, uh, Paul Bunyan friggin' Lumberjack who's got the <laughs> damn suspenders and the axe. I, I don't know if there are many of them around. The chainsaw. You know, these are the guys that know... These guys know how to log in a in a way that, that's sustainable and that, that, you know, that would protect our environment. And if we can pull those people in you know, not demonize them or vilify them, and but pull them into our side and say, yeah, we want to be able to protect our forests so that we can go in and log them responsibly and make a living wage. We charge pennies on the dollar for our our federal timber. I mean, it's a resource. Why are we giving it away? Why are we giving it away to other countries for nothing? Pennies on the dollar so that, Corporations can make lots of money Yeah, We don't get fair market value For our federal timber mm. You know um, Why are we shipping raw logs And raw lumber um, Overseas When it should be milled here That's more jobs More money in our community Which means hey We can cut down less trees Because we're keeping The resource here um, Instead of getting getting rid of it I mean, and I'm not an expert on all this and stuff, but I do know that it, it doesn't take um, a degree in whatever. It doesn't take uh, a rocket scientist to figure out that, that um, if we just sit down and talk with each other, workers, talking with workers, um, whether you're an environmentalist or a logger, it doesn't matter. We're all working class people, and if we sit down and talk to each other, we can figure this stuff out.
0: And that's that's part of the deal is cutting out the middleman. Is that when people are sort of like trying to get their representatives to do things for us? Yep. Then the representatives are talking to the big bosses and cutting deals with the like capitalist bosses, yep. and then telling us that oh look, we did a thing, and um, it becomes. The situation where nothing has actually been changed, mm-hmm. and but there's sort of like a veneer that we were able to get the government to make a concession. Even though when you look at what's actually happened, is that everybody's still yeah. nothing. Nothing has happened because especially because you know these these government deals have been cut with the capital's bosses, not the people on the ground who know what they're doing. You know.
1: Yeah. the The problem in America is that we want a hero to save us uh, used to be a Republican I switched to be a Democrat so that I could vote for Bernie Sanders in the primary once the primary is over over I switched to be unaffiliated because I don't believe that the Republican Party or the Democratic Party are going to save us I have friends in both hmm People that I respect, people that are really trying hard to change their parties from within, and hey, I wish them all the luck. I hope they can do it. Um, but our problem is, Bernie Sanders was great. I'd have loved to have voted for him. I'd love to have him to be our president. But Bernie Sanders isn't wasn't going to save us. Um, Donald Trump. People who thought Donald Trump was going to save us, not going to save us. People who thought Hillary Clinton was going to save us, not going to save us. Politicians are not heroes. Politicians, when you reach that level in politics, the odds of you having not been indoctrinated and corrupted by the system are infinitesimal. Yeah, basically zero. Yeah, and, and and they're not gonna save us. The heroes, the people that are gonna save us are the common working men and women in Eugene, in Springfield, in Lane County, in Oregon, throughout America, throughout the world. The average Joe, the common people. We have to take and, and save ourselves. And we do that by radicalizing, by honestly, I believe in peaceful, peaceful protests, I believe in being peaceful, what was it? what's the old, the old line? Be nice until it's time not to be nice. Um, and that's what you have to do. Um, but we're fast approaching a point in this country where peaceful resistance is not going to be effective. And I pray to God, I really pray to God, that it doesn't ever come to armed revolt, where the where the working class people have to rise up against our own corrupt government, because if we do, a lot of people think that's like some they have this big romantic idea about it. You know, I've got friends that run around and they're young radicals and all this and they think about all the old communists that fought and all these old revolutions and stuff and i'm telling you right now revolution sucks because you get to watch your friends and your family and people you care about be killed and die there are a lot of places in this world where they have revolution and it is not fun and if that ever happens here in America, which it very which is the way we are going, it's going to be a nightmare. Well,
0: and it also ends up generally not working. Sort of the difference between an anarchist revolution and a communist revolution. Um, anarchists generally believe in the idea of um, creating a new world within the shell of the old. Mm-hmm. So when I'm reading David Graeber in Fragments of An An Anarchist Anthropology, which is an amazing, amazing book. It's only like 100 pages. I recommend it strongly to people. He goes through human history, like all of human history, saying, well, basically, we're not paying attention to how people have changed their societies before like 1400 because we're racist and colonialist and we feel like indigenous people still in our minds somehow are savages and so we're Mm -hmm. only basically going back to Kropotkin Um, In order to look for how things have changed and he says in the past there's really been two types of revolutions the violent uprising type
1: Yeah,
0: and the type where you just make your government irrelevant. Yeah, and so the the irrelevant path works the violent uprising path doesn't either all of the dissidents get smushed like rounded up and shot Mm -hmm. or the replacement system ends up being just as authoritarian if not worse yeah. than the one that they were trying to replace. Yeah. So it's this we're in this like really delicate situation right now. And on the other hand, on the other side, as you know, people on the right have all the guns. Yeah. So and you know what I mean, the authoritarians, the state is stronger than we are mm-hmm. as far as mili- military like yeah. the only the only real protection that we have is with each other in community. And by having, getting sort of the working class and the people on the ground and like our actual, like our actual communities working together, you know, to create replacement systems of government so that we don't have to be reliant on this system that's killing us. Yeah. You know.
1: I would rather see people, instead of picking up a gun, and don't get me wrong, I like my guns, but, but instead of picking up a gun, what we need to do is old school organizing the idea that that the right now america is controlled our government has been replaced our democracy was replaced with a plutocracy with a corporate run government it, and that's what it is our government it, it it looks like the democracy that we were given with our constitution but it's really not the same government you know the politicians We don't vote politicians in office. Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton ran. You know, they talk about the—everybody's freaking out about the Russians. I don't give a crap about the Russians. The Russians didn't rig our election. I I hate to say it, but the Democratic Party rigged our election. They picked Hillary Clinton, and they manipulated the primaries, which is part of the election. And the the Republicans are no better— Um, you know, and these are the people at the uppers, not my friends that are, you know, trying to change it from within, Uh, but this government that we have, the only way we can fight this corporate government is really without an armed revolution, which like you said, would be miserable and would not work. What we really need to do is go back to the old school way the unions did it. Wildcat strikes, general strikes, stop industry, stop business. If they can't make money, they will do what we tell them to do because that's their whole motivation.
0: See, this is a different thing that I'm talking about, though, because that is still in some ways working within the existing system to make people do what you want them to do. What I'm talking about is making them completely irrelevant, doing things ourselves in a way that we don't have to go through them at all, that we're not asking for them, mm-hmm. you know, we're either we're either taking or we're doing it without them. So like that's what sort of anarchists, sort of subcultures and societies have been doing for a long time. You
1: mean like making, doing communes? And yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. So
0: like the communes is like you can create your own sustainable food systems by yeah. by by um, working with creating. Owner like worker owned cooperatives, mm-hmm. so you don't ha- you fire your boss. You don't have a boss yeah. to ask for anything from. Right. You know, so you have worker owned cooperatives, and when they are working with a rural area, um, interfacing with <coughs> interfacing with urban areas, you can create food stability systems yourself. Yeah. like you can create. We have if people um, have sort of gift economies, where you've got people running medic clinics because people are sick, not mm-hmm. because they're profit driven. You know, you've got, like, if you look at Greece right now, like, they're creating, yep. the anarchists are creating um, self-sustaining communities that are humane yep. and that are taking care of people and having people take care of themselves without help from NGOs or without help from the Greece government, without asking for anything from them. Yep. They're just doing it. Yeah. and that You know what I mean? So that's the other way of doing it is, like, we're not even asking the bosses for anything. We're just ignoring them entirely.
1: Yeah. No, I think it's a great idea. I mean, the idea of doing you know, of, of, of workers just work, working together to, you know, sustain their community is, I think is great. Uh, you know, I'm, and I, I'll admit this when, when it comes to, is, uh, like I say I've been retired two years. So prior to my retirement, I don't think I'd ever met a anarchist or a communist. And so the ones that I've met, I love them to death and they're good friends I do. i always enjoy hanging out with the communists because I always get the same, you know, lecture where they try and convert me to communism. <laughs> it's like a, I'm telling you what you think. You think Christians are bad. Communists will try to they will try to baptize you in their whatever, and, and it's like it's it's always good. Oh, that's so true. And then, then of course, the yeah. And then of course the the anarchists. All I ever thought of anarchists was you know dudes running around with long hair, going yeah, anarchy. And you know, uh, you know, being in the military, being you know, definitely the total opposite spectrum of anarchy. It's like so. So uh, when anarchists get together and uh, have a meeting, uh, who runs it? <laughs> you know, uh, just, you know, all those little jokes that you have. Yeah. But talking with you, honestly, um, as opposed to some of the other anarchists that I've met since I've been retired, is very different because it's you sort of show me that there's actually a whole nother layer to this that isn't the kids running around in like okay the picture that they had with the anarchists on the thing where where they were like kids running around in like masks and Hoods with swords because they I don't know
0: swords what? I don't know I think, they I think like I think picture. they were
1: like Dungeons and Dragons people who were LARPing or something I don't know what the heck it was but just you know yeah, I don't know <laughs> so it's, it's stereotypes and all that but listening to you there's there's a whole aspect of um, that where it's not really about not having leaders because you always have people lead and people follow, I believe. You know, you always have people that are charismatic that people will follow without even realizing they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more along the lines of setting up systems where everybody is participating and equal and stuff. And to me, that's not that's not what I always thought of when I thought of anarchy. I thought of, you know, Mad Max, buttless chaps and mohawks riding <laughs> around and shooting people in the face <laughs> with a shotgun um, is what I thought of as, as anarchy, which... You know, you don't want to see me in Butler's (laughs) shots. Just saying. Uh,
0: Well, Lonnie, this has been awesome. I'm running out of, um, we've been going for 56 minutes. So thank you so much. Um, You have been listening to KEPW 97.3 Eugene, LPFM, Eugene Homegrown Radio. Uh, This has been Friendly Anarchism with Catherine and Lonnie. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week.